Welcome, everybody, to Warp Factor Fiction, an all-new episode where we're talking about Discovery Season 2, the back half season, episodes 8 through 14. That's right. Go check out the first episode where we talk about episodes 1 through 7. Now, let's talk about the back half of Season 2 and see what happens to the Discovery crew and the Enterprise crew as we go on. All right. So I had a lot of fun with this season the second time watch. I watched it the first time it came out. Uh, this time around, like I seem to enjoy it more. I kind of let loose a little bit more. I think the first time I watched it, it was like it was a little too different, a little too different from what Trek was for me, but I liked it. So I got excited and uh, and I was glad to watch it with you, Tommy. Mm-hmm. So before we get started, guys, I'm Mick Manhattan, your, ho- your host, of course, you know, on this Trek journey where we are rewatching in chronological order everything Trek. Like I said, we're on Star Trek Discovery Season 2. Next month, we'll be moving on to Strange New World Season 1 and so on and so forth. Joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Ensign Tommy Manhattan. Thank you for coming back, man. Thank you for having me. Of course. You bring great insight, uh, especially that last episode. You had a gr- you Your lesson learned from that episode was fantastic, and uh, I applaud you on it, man. I appreciate it. So I I want to get into this, but before we do, we talked about in the last episode kind of how you marry the two, like when you watched Enterprise versus watching this and the technological differences and stuff like that. Now I want to get into talking about Trek overall for you. How is the tone for you? Because now these are two very different shows, one in early 2000s, one in 20 like 18 and on and it's just it's got a different it's a different world than it was back then so i would love to see through your eyes of having watched those two shows what it what it's like what 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 is what is star trek like in your eyes now i think they're trying to be more with like the times i think it's Mm. the times are different than the early 2000s with enterprise so it's going to have a different theme also i believe it's under new management since 2004 Oh, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they would also have a little bit of darker. But I think the storyline has been better than Enterprise. Like, I liked Enterprise, but I do like the storyline and Discovery more than Enterprise. I dig it. I like that a lot. All right. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, and for me, I really like kind of where where it's going. And I, But I still like that it fits. I talked about this in the last episode. I still like that everything sort of fits because overall, Star Trek has these principles that it lives by. Gene Roddenberry set forth and the people who were with him along with this franchise kept intact. You know, and we saw that a lot. Like, you know, we saw it kind of veer away a little bit with some of these new shows, but we saw it kind of get back into it. Especially, uh, I've never seen Discovery Season 3 on. So I'm very excited to, even though I have to watch it a year or two from now, to be in chronological order with everything. <laughs> but Probably I am, more than a year. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how long it takes us to get there. But uh, I am excited to figure out what's what and where we're going. So, But let's get into it, shall we, buddy? Um, let's start with episode eight. Episode eight is If Memory Serves. So previously, uh, what was happening on, uh, on the show is the Enterprise visited... Um, the planet Talos, where Pike and Spock meant the Talesians, beings that can create incredible illusions. Pike fell in love with Vina, an injured Federation crewman in the Talosans' care, but she was unable to leave the planet due to the Talosans' abilities to keep her alive. Pike chose to return to the Enterprise, and Starfleet banned future uh, visits to Talos IV. Okay. So you guys may be wondering, like, well, previously on what? Was that in Discovery? No, it was not in Discovery. That was on the original series. That was the pilot for the original Star Trek television show when it was going to be under Christopher Pike 
played by Jeffrey Hunter, uh, who was also in like movies like The Searchers and a bunch of others. But when he passed on, uh, Captain Kirk was now written in and William Shatner took over. But Pike was not written out of the show. He was still kept in there. They still paid homage to him and things like that, his character and, and the actor. But now that we have a Pike in the series, they have to play up what happens to him and his ultimate demise. Now, I'll leave that for when we get to Star Trek, the original series. But that whole previously is from the original series. Mm -hmm. That all happened in there. That was not Anson Mount. But I will do that. I will say this. Talos 4, they did a really good job connecting the look, the feel, the vibe, the sounds that you got in the original series in this new one. But updating it just in such a right way that this works for Discovery. Uh, now, if memory serves, the main premise is in the present, Burnham and Spock secretly travel to Talos 4 where the Talesians heal Spock's mind in exchange for Burnham's memories of emotionally scarring Spock, which they are interested in observing. Spock reveals that he mind-melded with the Red Angel, a time traveler trying to avert a galactic catastrophe in the future. Aren't they all? Uh, Stamets attempts to reconnect with Kolber, who's going through an identity crisis since his resurrection. Kolber confronts Tyler, but realizes that the latter is going through a similar crisis. Discovery collects Spock and Burnham, and they escape while Section 31 is distracted by the illusions created by the Talesians. So this is one of my favorite episodes of the season. I love mm -hmm. the strong connection to the original series and, and kind of how that all plays out. But what, what did you think about this episode, especially considering you don't know Talos IV or, and you don't know Captain Pike's fate? I liked it. It wasn't my favorite. It was top five, though. It was top five, but it was not top three. Okay, so we got a four and five there. Because <laughs> you said that about another episode. So we got your four and five, so we need to get to your top three. I'm, I'm excited, though, to see uh, kind of where it goes. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you, though. I think it was a good one. This kind of, it, it kind of reminded me of the first season episode. I can't remember the name of the episode, but where uh, Sarek is hurt. And she is mind melded with him, so she has to try and find him by using her memories. Oh yeah, that one. It kind of just it felt like it felt similar in tone, you know, and like to see the connection between her and Spock. Mm -hmm. So, who's your highlight character in this episode? Spock. Wow. Okay. I, I, would Spock say Burnham. Burnham. I, I would say Burnham for me personally. All right, episode nine, Project Daedalus. Starfleet Admiral Katrina Cornwell secretly boards Discovery to interrogate Spock and brings video footage depicting Spock murdering three doctors. Saru discovers that Section 31 faked the footage using holograms, and Cornwell directs Discovery to Section 31 headquarters, where Starfleet's control artificial intelligence is kept. Control is behind the forgery and has been directing Section 31 to pursue Spock. Burnham, Security Officer Nan, and Arium beam to the headquarters to find the personnel, including Section 31's leadership, Dead after control, turn off life support systems. Arium is tasked with restoring control to Starfleet's intended purpose, but the virus from the future she carries is actually control itself and instead attempts to upload the sphere's knowledge of all artificial intelligence in the controls database. Arium asks to be ejected into space before control gains the knowledge it wishes. Burnham hesitates, but Commander Non jettisons Arium before it is too late. Arium dies, reliving her favorite memory before she was technologically augmented. This was a sad episode. This was a crazy episode. Very horror-centric is, is what I was is Very zombie feel. What'd you think? I liked it. It was again kind of one of those middle 
middle episodes. It was like seven, eight, maybe nine at lowest. It was okay. a good episode. What did you Project, think Arium's death at the end? It was, act, it was very important as if Arium hadn't died. I don't think they would have found who the Red Angel was or any of that. Like the whole storyline would get messed up if Arium didn't die and tell them that stuff. I agree. Uh, good point on that one. Uh, so who's your highlight character in this one? Burnham or Arium. I'm going to give it Probably to Arium. Probably Burnham. I'll give it to Arium. I mean, she sacrificed herself for everything. Um, but I definitely agree with you. All right, four episodes left. Let's get to it. The Red Angel, episode 10. While preparing for Arium's funeral, her system is purged of the control virus along with all the control systems around Starfleet. While doing this, Tilly discovers a bioneural scan of the Red Angel and Arium's code that matches Burnham. Leland reveals that Section 31 built the Red Angel time travel suit 20 years ago in a temporal arms race. Oh, we've heard that one. <laughs> With the Klingons and that Burnham's uh, biological parents have been part of the, that program. Leland's carelessness uh, at the time led to their deaths. The crew now plan to use Burnham as bait for the Red Angel. Discovery travels uh, to SF4. Everything's a four. <laughs> where there is enough energy to power their trap. Burnham is left out of the planet's unbreathable atmosphere until the Red Angel appears. Leland's Section 31 ship can close the wormhole behind the Red Angel to stop the future version of Control from following her through. Though Leland is attacked by present-day version of Control, which is still active within his ship, the Red Angel is caught in the trap and revives momentarily dead Burnham, who recognizes the figure as her mother it's a big deal that's a mm -hmm. lot man that's a lot uh and especially bringing back burnham's mother we we've thought for a long time she's dealing a lot with family this season mm -hmm. it's a good episode leland's very good in this episode everybody's really good in this episode but uh what, what did you think of this i liked it it was good it was good i can't i don't really have a spot for it yet but it, yes it was really good I'm gonna i'm gonna make a t-shirt that just says i liked it that's your catchphrase i liked it <laughs> I love it. We're just going to have do pudding commercials. Hey, what do you think of this pudding, Tom? I liked it. It's just empty. You just finished it real quick. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be our next. That's our next sponsor. Star Trek Jello. <laughs> Live long and sweet taste. So anyway, let's get back. So I did like this episode. I thought they did a good job. They're finally setting up. They're gearing up for the end. You see, you can see it ramping. I always enjoy when seasons start doing that ramp. I do. I do wish they got went there a little bit earlier, but whatever. They set it up. So for you, who's your highlight character? Uh, and yeah, is this in your top five or no? No, I think it's number six. Number just six. outside. I would really love for you to put together a list because uh, you you do you keep that thing tight. You keep that list of like what's what. So uh, what, who's your highlight character in this? Did you say? Burnham. Burnham. Yeah, it's a good one. I'd probably go with Burnham too. Uh, either Burnham or or older Burnham. Or older Burnham. That's true. But Burnham is good. I, yeah, Burnham all around. We'll just do Burnham's all around. Burnham squared. So. <laughs> we'll go that route all right let's get into the next episode shall we all right episode 11 perpetual infinity when the burnham's laboratory was attacked by klingon years ago michael's mother donned the experimental time travel suit to go back in time 
an hour and warn them of the coming attack. She instead arrived 950 years in the future to find an all-sentient destroyed, all-sentient life destroyed by control, tethering herself to a nearby planet. Dr. Burnham made over 840 attempts to change the future, including moving humans to a new planet, to her new planet, uh, Terralysium, to test how she can change history. S trying to stop control from gaining the Spear's data, Dr. Burnham was responsible for directing the Spear to cross paths with the Discovery. Now the Discovery crew plans to upload the Spear data into the suit and send it to the future where control cannot access it while keeping Dr. Burnham in the present. But a control-possessed Leland intercepts their upload. I know, this is where it gets crazy. Giorgio and Tyler confront Leland, and Tyler, gravely injured but able to warn Discovery, the crew is forced to cut the transmission short and release Dr. Burnham back to the future. But the suit is now damaged. Control Leland escapes with half of the sphere data i like this episode it's very chaotic very crazy we got a really good connection between uh, michael and her mother mm -hmm. and uh i really enjoyed that aspect of it because didn't play out exactly as i think you would expect it to uh because her experience too because because even like dr burnham's experience in it and how what she had to go through for the all those years and all those attempts to get back but also to save humanity 950 years in the future mm -hmm. you know I, I really dug like kind of where they went with it so what did you think of this episode it was actually i liked it it was not one of my favorites though i think it was again kind of mid mid to low maybe only because there are so many good episodes in the season it's hard for me to put i can't put everything on the higher tier i get it now, listen no arguments from me my friend uh i completely understand so don't don't feel bad for having it be any certain way all right mm -hmm. i don't feel bad you're all good and a so fun that, fact, yeah what's up and a fun fact about this episode is that in it michael's mother is played by soneca martin's green soneca martin green's husband or not mother father her father is played by soneca martin green's husband oh really i didn't know mm -hmm. that Kenrit Green. Oh, that's cool. See, you, you went all in. You got your trivia down and stuff. That's awesome. I didn't even know that one. <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. All right. Uh, let's go on to the next. Oh, who's your highlight character? Burnham again. Burnham. Yeah, it's going to be Burnham for sure. Uh, she This back half, she just kills it. So, mm -hmm. all right. Let's go to episode 12. Through the Valley of Shadows, a new signal appears over Borth, a planet which is sacred to Klingons and has a monastery where Klingon monks guard time crystals. These are the same monks that Tyler and Laurel left their son to be praised by. To be raised by. <laughs> praised by. Raised by. Pike visits the monastery to retrieve a time crystal and finds their son is now fully grown adult named Tenevik. Tenevik explains that life on Borth is affected by the crystals and that if Pike takes one, he will not be able to change the future that it shows to him. Pike sees a future where he is severely disabled in an accident, but chose to take the crystal anyway to save the greater good, to serve the greater good. Meanwhile, Burnham and Spock investigate a Section 31 ship that checked in 10 minutes later than usual and find an all crew, all the crew dead except for one. Cameron Gant, an old colleague of Burnham's who has been possessed by control in an attempt to transfer control to Burnham's body. Spock is able to stop control with magnetism and they escape back to Discovery. Section 31 fleet soon arrives, forcing Pike to order Discovery uh, order Discovery be destroyed to keep the spear data away from control. That is a huge deal. That is Starfleet's, that's like Starfleet's answer until a captain steps in and is like, no, no, 
you're doing the wrong thing again. What's going on here? It seems like that's a that's a theme that happens in Starfleet quite a bit. <laughs> it's like the government. There you go. Something I don't get about this episode is like when they beamed on to the ship Burnham and Spock and them, it seems surprised that like control salt could tell that they were there even when they didn't know that Cameron Gant was it because if they have full control of the ship sensors would detect that three people being aboard so of course control would know why are they surprised any ship sensors would detect them I have no answer for you on that I have absolutely no answer for that and just that it's a good observation <laughs> let's let's find one of the writers and see if we can ask them it's like what'd you screw up huh what's wrong with you what you do? Why are you messing around? No, I'm just kidding. Of course, it's it's all up there. It's all it all does it. I, this this episode was good. I really like the Pike stuff. Yes, the Pike stuff was good. He's my highlight character of this episode. So I think, is. Yeah, Same I think character. he did great because especially if you know his fate and where he's going, and the fact that he still chooses. I'm so anxious to see what happens in Strange New Worlds to know that there's a pike out there who knows what's going to happen to him. Mm -hmm. And yet he still serves. He's still doing what he has to do. He's, he's make every decision he's making is leading him to that future, to that path. And yet he still is in it to win it. He's ready to go. Wait, so does this mean that discovery is in a mirror universe? Like not a mirror universe, but like something different. Cause if it's in the prime universe, no, it's, in the, it's in the, it's in the normal universe, Okay, but we get to why they're not in the normal universe. <laughs> anymore um, database soon so let's uh let's get to the last episodes finish up all right episodes 13 and 14 this is a part one and a part two so i'm going to read them both and then we will go from there part one discovery escapes the rendezvous with enterprise the discovery crews evacuated onto a, the other sh uh, starship and they initiate discovery self-destruct sequence but the sphere data takes control of discovery systems and prevents this from happening it also defends itself from torpedoes burnham proposes that the time crystal is used to take discovery itself to the future where control cannot get to it the plans to to wear a copy of her mother's suit led the ship that uh the plan and plans to wear a copy you know, i'm sorry she plans to wear a copy of the suit i knew that but I don't, i'm reading my notes uh pike agrees and resumes command of the enterprise to keep control distracted the new signal appears leading discovery and enterprise to planet zahia, zahia. <laughs> there you go which is ruled by Tilly's friend, Queen Mayhani Ikhali Ka Poe. Just say Poe. Poe. Uh, a brilliant engineer. I did like her character, though. Poe helps Stamets, Tilly, and Ren mm -hmm. Reno, Reno uh, prepare the suits for time crystals. Anybody listening to this podcast or watching this podcast is like, dude, come on. <laughs> and time crystal for the journey. Some of the Discovery's crew choose to stay with Burnham, as does Giorgio. Well, Pike makes Saru acting captain as Section 31 fleet arrives. Discovery and Enterprise prepare for a battle while the suit and time crystal are finalized. Part two, this is the season finale of season two. Tyler retrieves the Klingon fleet to assist in the battle while Saru's sister, Serana, arrives with the Ba'ul fighters and receiving a farewell message from Saru. Stamets is seriously injured and is cared for by Kolber. A Section 31 torpedo penetrates the Enterprise without detonating, and Cornwell seals off the surrounding area, which prevents further damage from a secondary detonation uh, and kills her. 
Control Leland, Control Leland boards Discovery and is defeated when Georgiou magnetizes the nanites in his body, allowing Section 31's fleet to be destroyed. In the suit, Burnham travels to the past and sets five signals that led them to this point. She then gets sets a sixth uh, for Discovery to follow as she travels forward over 900 years and promises to set a seventh when they arrive. The Enterprise crew tells uh, Starfleet that Discovery was destroyed in the battle and are offered to never, and ordered to never speak of the crew again on Spock's recommendation to prevent another incident like control. Tyler is placed in command of Section 31. Months later, Enterprise detects the seventh signal as it begins a new adventure. That is the season finale of Discovery Season 2. That's a lot. That's two episodes. Big Battle comes up, going up against Control. It's a, it's a hell of an end. These are two of my favorite episodes of the season. My highlight character for this, is, if it's not Burnham, it's Pike. I'm, I'm still deciding. But let me hear what you thought of these two episodes and like this finale that kind of led you in and where Discovery ends up. It was good, but what I don't get about the episode is so the once leland got aboard discovery there was no point on traveling to the future because the sphere data would just get taken by control again in the future not if control doesn't exist in the future if they changed it and control never got the sphere data and never grew and control was defeated then it never made it 900 years to the future so they're just going to a different future now that's true. And then, like, after Giorgio destroyed Control, why travel to the future now? Control's gone. Because no it had, you had to, you had to send the sphere because they realized the sphere's knowledge, all that data, um, they had to get it out. And the only way they could really go was like 900 years in the future with the suit. They knew that. So they knew they had to get Discovery gone. It could not remain in this timeline with all of that. Control may still be a threat, but it can never get that data. And we know that it's once it gets that data that it's controlling the future. So if you take it out, it's never going to get that data. So then it changes everything. Right. So I, I really like how they played this off. It's a, it's a different type of time travel, but I liked it. Um, still fits within the Star Trek suspension, disbelief, realm, physics of uh, how it all works. Wait, so it's Section 31, 20 years before Discovery took place. If time travel was available, how, like, and they succeeded, why, how in, like, hard days is, can they still really not time travel? They can. They still day time travel. They use, it's, it's different, though, because that episode, that 20 years ago when Section 31 was messing with time travel, after it blew up in their faces, they stopped messing with time travel. Mm -hmm. So they just, that was, like, lesson learned. We're not doing this anymore. And it's shut down because it's too much of a risk. Mm -hmm. So there was still a time travel out there in Burnham's mother, but it's, they're still just like disconnected from it. They're not doing it anymore. So when you get to the, but there are other natural events within the Star Trek world where you can have, where you can travel through time, like temporal events and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, and with the first one, I didn't find this one. This is something that I found off like the internet, but it was that, uh, they said that the mitochondrial RNA uh, matches the mother, but you don't get that from a mother. You get the mitochondrial DNA, not the RNA. There's two different things. Let's go beat up the writers. So that's a goof. <laughs> no, uh, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I don't know if there's something that has been established within the Star Trek world that says differently. So I don't want to speak to that. I guess we'll find out through our watching. But I doubt it. And you're probably right. Um, so regardless, that was a good 
fun little trivia thing that you looked up and and went with. So uh, I'll give you credit on that. Uh, on top of that, I just want to say, what you think of this episode? And also, who are your highlight characters? So for these two, the highlight character was Burnham. Mm-hmm. I liked the episodes a lot. These This was probably my favorite. I have this at number one. I have the two episodes together. Okay. One. Makes sense. Two part. It's two part or so. Who is the okay? So, what's a lesson that you learned from this this second half of the season? Nothing lasts forever because Burnham lost her mom. Then, like, she found her again, but then she lost her again. So, like, That's nothing true. lasts forever. Nothing lasts forever. That's a good and point. Saru lost his sister, found her again, then lost her again. That's true, but the crew still remains the same, right? So, uh, that's always a good thing. I, I like the season. That's true. All right, touche. Uh, <laughs> you had to bring that one in there. So, you had to bring us down one more time. I did really like the season. Uh, second time around for me. I'm looking forward to getting to the third, fourth, fifth season. I hear it really picks up to a different place, and I want to see where that goes. I don't know what to expect from Strange New Worlds. I haven't watched the first season. I haven't watched the second season, so I can't wait to watch it with you. Uh, are you excitedly going into, especially now that you've seen, you've met a lot of the Enterprise crew from that show, uh, and you're going into it? Are you excited to get into that next season? Yeah. Yes, actually. Very excited. I think it's going to be really good. I am too. I, and I, I really, I like this crew. I like that we're getting the Enterprise again. I like that we're getting familiar characters uh, with some awesome faces. I can't wait for the musical episode in season two of Strange New Worlds. I heard they had one. Uh, so we will know that by October. <laughs> we'll be talking about that one by October. So I'm interested to see what you feel about your first musical episode of a TV series. So uh, I'm definitely excited for this though. Thank you so much. Ensign Tommy for jumping in and being a part of it. Thank you for having me guys. I really appreciate you guys coming out, listening, watching uh, this is star Trek uh, rewatch podcast. We're doing it in chronological order. We call it warp factor fiction. Thank you guys. Uh, we truly appreciate you. This is a Patreon exclusive series first month. That's where you can go and you can find it. Plus there's other little, you know, uh, extras and specials and stuff like that. We put up only on Patreon. So make sure to go check us out there. All the links are down below. You can follow us on social media. You can, fo- you can listen to this podcast, wherever podcast plat- on any podcast platform it's available. You can watch it on YouTube, make sure to hit like subscribe and hit that little bell. So, you know, when the next few episodes are going to be coming out and you also know when other great shows are coming out as well. If you are listening to the podcast, Please make sure to hit follow. Please make sure to hit like and rate and review us. Helps us go a long way. Thank you again. Tommy, you want to say anything before we get going? Live long and prosper. That's right. That's how we finish off the show. Live long and prosper, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Be kind to each other. Stay groovy. And I will talk to you very soon. Thank you again, Ensign Tommy. Thank you all again. Take care. See you all next month. Very good. Very good.